8.30 at our time. It's a Friday. It's the K-Zone Morning Commute, 105.3 FM, AM 1280 WPKZ. Sherman, Derek, you joining us as well. Thank you so much for being with us here on this Friday. And we're pleased to be joined by the car doctor from AAA Northeast, Dr. John Paul. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? Very Gentlemen. Wait, who's he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Sherman's here. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's talking to both of us. Great <laughs> to have you with us. Here we are. The summer continues and we're seeing more and more people going out and about. For people who are thinking now is the time to go out and travel from one place to another, because we're seeing more places are opening up, among the places opening up, who would have thought that Americans now can travel into Canada again? Wow. I know. That's that's a big deal. It's... Uh you can you can get in and you can get back out, which is which is pretty amazing. And the Canadians that were a lot of Canadians that come to say Florida and Arizona for the winter time, you know they didn't they didn't come down because they were afraid that you know there'd be some concerns not just with health but not being able to get back. So it's nice to see that uh, border has uh, opened up a little bit, so we can visit Canada, Canadians can visit us, and everybody can be happy. It's, it sounds kind of crazy for me to do this, but I can't help it. There's a part of a Three Stooges thing that's in my head all of a sudden. Because one place I like to do, because I'm one of those who likes traveling into Canada to go home to Michigan to be with family and friends. And one place I like to go to is, and please forgive me for saying these two words, Niagara Falls. I expected they're here in Niagara Falls, actually. And um, and uh, for traveling back and forth to Canada, too, there's something uh, there's something called an enhanced driver's license now, which makes yeah. it a little bit easier to go back and forth as well for people that kind of live up near the border or, or uh, like you, um, you know, cross over to Canada and come back to Michigan. Is that, is that enhanced license? Is that like the, the real ID? It, it's, it's real ID plus one. So it's oh, wow. uh, so it gets you. It's really just designed to get you across the border up there. So yeah, it's, that's that's yeah. very good. I've never been to Canada. Thank you for because I was so ready for you to do like the Three Stooges thing they did when I said Niagara Falls, suddenly screaming Niagara Falls. Slowly I turn, step, step by step, by step, inch by, by inch. inch. Yep. Yeah, that. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but let's talk you know, about the fact that people are traveling, things to look at when we're looking at the car, getting it ready for that ride for to parts unknown or parts we know we're going to. Um, really, it starts with a couple of things. Uh, batteries, it's really the hot weather that, that can really impact a battery. Wintertime puts the stress on a battery, but it's the heat that affects the chemicals inside a battery so uh, we always recommend to people if the battery in your car is more than three years old start to have it tested because uh, the average life of a battery in the northeast is about five years in hot weather states like central florida for instance or um or here today uh, batteries only last two or three years because of the heat the heat, and the batteries just don't stand up. So if the battery in your car is getting a little bit older and you're planning a long trip, it'd be a good idea to get it checked. Also, tires uh, can be affected by warm weather as well. So make sure your tires are in good shape. And also, don't forget about the spare. Uh, the, if your car has a spare tire, and not every car does, uh, we always like to remind people, especially if it's an older car, and I kind of had this conversation with someone last night. Uh, they had a 10-year-old car. They just replaced the tires on it, and they looked at the spare, and the spare is 10 years old, and typically the life of a tire is somewhere between 6 and 10 years. And they reached out to me and said, 10-year-old spare, what should we do with it? 
And I said, you know, age isn't the determining factor with the spare tire. It's kind of, did it get used before? Um, is it brand new when it's just been sitting there? Is the well it sits in collected with, you know, was there a leak and there's water rolling around in the well where the spare tire is? All those kind of things can affect the spare tire. But for the most part, sitting in a cool, damp, uh, cool, dry area like a trunk is not a bad place to store a tire. So I wouldn't be too worried. But on the other hand, make sure your spare is good. Make sure it has air in it. Make sure you have a jack and a lug wrench and a, you happen to have locking lug nuts on your car. Make sure you have that special key to get it off. Well, we're talking about the heat. I just can't help but notice because we've been talking about this morning about the MVTA saying they're concerned about the heat in the operation of their system or they're concerned about the train tracks and the need for for the trains to go slower or the ride on the T, let's say like the commuter road, could be longer between Wachusa Station and North Station because of the heat and what that's done to the infrastructure of the T. Do we look at our cars in addition to the tires, the batteries, and look at, if you will, the car's infrastructure to see if the heat might be affecting other parts of the vehicle? A properly maintained car shouldn't be too affected by the heat. So if you have done a good job of maintaining the cooling system so the radiator flows properly, the engine coolant, the antifreeze is in good condition, um, the belts and hoses are in good shape, you should be fine. Same thing with engine oil. Engine oil accounts for about 30% of the engine cooling. So if your engine is oil is, is dirty or, or low, just down a quart of oil can raise the uh, temperature of the engine. So for all of those reasons, that's where um, that's where we have to look at maintenance is the key to make sure everything works the way it should. So if you maintain your car, and whether that car is a, a one-year-old car or a 20-year-old car, if it's well-maintained, it should be able to handle the heat pretty well. But that isn't always the case, and you have something, maybe a thermostat goes bad, or the radiator is... Uh, not flowing the way it should or it's just um, really dirty on the outside so the air can't get by it and dra drag away that heat from the hot coolant and then you can have some overheating problems and if you're driving along and the hot light comes on for some reason uh, the the best and safest thing you can do is get over to the side of the road immediately Shut the car off. Don't try to push it. Don't say, hey, I know it's only another mile or so to the next exit. I'll keep driving. Don't do that. Shut it off. Let the car cool off. Uh, whatever you do, don't open the hot radiator cap. A lot of people, when a car overheats, the first thing they want to do is open the hood and open the radiator cap, and that's a good way to get scalded by, by very hot water and coolant. I remember going at a cross-country trip as a child and winding up driving along the way through Utah in the area around the Great Salt Lake Desert. Temperatures outside, 110 degrees, and my dad driving this country squire station wagon. And it was so hot that what happened was in order to keep the engine going because it seemed like the temperature of the engine was climbing, he turned the heat on in the car. Does that cool the engine down? It depends on the car. What happens when you turn the heat on Inside the car, the thing that actually brings heat into the car in the wintertime yeah. is a thing called a heater core. The heater core has uh, water from the engine that circulates through it, just like a radiator in a house would. And in some cars, uh, when the heat is off, it shuts off that heater core. So by turning the heat on and turning the fan on 
full blast, it actually extends the cooling system and actually gives it more places to allow the heat to dissipate out of the cooling system. A lot of today's newer cars, though, they've already incorporated that heater core into the cooling system, so turning the heat on just makes you hot and uncomfortable. What you might want to think about doing, though, is shutting the air conditioner off if the car starts to run hot because that's an extra strain that you're putting on the engine that... uh, that may make it start to run a little bit warmer. But it really depends on the car. Certainly it doesn't hurt if you all of a sudden notice the temperature gauge starts to climb up uh, to turn the heat on and see what happens. One more thing before we go to our break as we're talking about the oil changing, the oil. Now, there are cars, or in mine it says 5W20. I would imagine there are cars that say 10W, whatever. Uh, when summertime comes, we got these hot temperatures. Is it better for cars, even those who, let's say, 10W30, whatever, to go to a 5W grade of oil during the summer months? What we always used to say back um, when, I was, when I was first in the repair business, we would always say things like put a heavier grade oil. So if your car took 5W20, you would put maybe 10W30 or even 20W50 in the summertime because that thicker oil wouldn't break down as much in the hot temperature as a thinner oil does but today that's not necessarily the case because the oil's designed to flow in very very small uh, areas that it needs to get through these teeny tiny little passages and that thicker oil sometimes can cause a bit of a problem so uh, for the most part it might be somewhat relative it might be that you know five W20 oil is what's recommended year-round, but if you live in a hot climate area where the temperatures are consistently above 70 degrees year-round, there may be a recommendation to go up to 10W30, but you're never going to see it really jump much more than that. The old days of running uh, a a winter thin oil in the wintertime and a thick oil in the summertime, those days are long gone gone. In fact, it's probably even a little hard today to find a thick multi-viscosity oil like 20W50 because it's just not really used as much as it used to be. We are talking with John Paul, the car doctor from AAA Northeast. We're talking about cars, the summer driving season, which continues, and people are getting ready to do the summer driving. Some more food for thought about cars, things to consider. But first, we've got a final check of the roads coming up next on the K-Zone, 105.3 FM and AM 1280 WPKZ. My part-time service. Hey, John, I don't know if you've heard anything about it. But my, my wife uses a car. She had a 2014 Hyundai Tucson. Yep. And uh, I guess they did like an engine recall. But every, she would put oil in the engine, and it would keep saying that it was empty, and it was seeping. And I guess they, they had a problem. It's a Theta engine. They were having a lot of recalls on this and stuff. We've got a, a $12,000 paperweight sitting on the side of my yard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they did. Uh, and I'm surprised. How many miles were on it? Uh, 110, I think. Okay. They've already replaced the engine twice. Oh, wait, hold on one second. Yep. Traffic and weather now. 849, final check of the roads on this Friday morning. Check of the roads and weather sponsored by your home comfort specialist. Bad for oil and energy. And sad to say the situation that we had earlier this morning with a tractor-trailer catching fire, 185 Southtown at Boston Road. That situation's still there as we speak to you. They're still waiting for a tow truck in the area because right now it's the right-hand lane closed, breakdown lane blocked, traffic backed up from Boston Road, 185 Southtown from Boston Road and Westford all the way back to Route 110. 
the situation will be with us at least maybe like 10 o'clock this morning because they're still waiting for that tow truck to get in the area. This is what's one of those things we weren't expecting to see, but it's there for those who are out there. MA, you're probably looking for like another way to, an alternative to get to where you need to be. That's not going to be an easy morning this day. Uh, one other thing to tell you about, our crews are busy working also 190 northbound between 140 at the Sterling West Boylston line to the north, every 12 exit 4 at the Worcester West Boylston line at the south. If you're heading north, left-hand lane is closed at mile marker 6.6, meaning you're only down to one lane as you're heading north towards our neck of the woods, so keep that in mind, too. Weather-wise, one more day of heat and humidity, hot, humid, highs lower 90s, heat index climbing over 100 again, mostly cloudy tonight, lows lower 70, Saturday partly sunny, chance of showers in the morning, mid-80s, much better Sunday, sunny, cooler, upper 70s, 851, more with the car doctor, John Fall, coming up on the K-Zone Morning Commute. 852, our time as we make the turn for home. I feel like I'm in my car right now making that turn for home on the K-Zone Morning <laughs> Commute, 105.3 FM, AM 1280 WPKC. I feel like going beep, beep myself, Sherman Whitman, Derek John, and the car doctor from AAA Northeast on the phone, John Paul. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Let's talk about, the, wait, Derek, you want I had a question, yeah. Well, we were talking yeah. out the air. This is something completely different because I don't want to get that car maker in any trouble. I don't want to mention their names, but it sounds like Monday. But the... Uh, I do want to ask you about this, because I've been driving a lot at night now. Uh, when I come to the station, it's dark. And like last night, I drove home from Gillette Stadium at 1.30 in the morning, so again, dark. Are the headlights on cars getting brighter, or are they flashing their high beams, or am I just having worse eyesight? Because it seems to me like everybody's got their brights on behind me, and I can't really see what's going on. I keep having to look at my rearview mirror. All three of those things. Really? Um, what's happened is uh, car manufacturers, new car manufacturers, have come up with uh, better, brighter headlights. Uh, it's been for 20 years now. But uh, now they're switched over to LED-style headlights. They're brighter. Uh, they're whiter. They tend to stand out. Uh, second thing is replacement bulbs. Some people have replaced their headlight bulbs with Bulbs that are brighter, unfortunately, they're, um, they're not Department of Transportation legal. In fact, they'll usually say something like for novelty purposes or not for on-road use, but people put them in because they, 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 they're just brighter. And the third thing is, as we get older, between the time we're 20 years old and the time we're 60 years old, we need three times as much light to see, and it takes much longer to recover from glare than it did when we were younger. So when a when you look up and you see a bright light or a car coming the other direction has their has their high beams on and a lot of cars today the low beams are not that effective above 40 miles an hour or so. So a lot of people just get frustrated, they turn their high beams on, they're inconsiderate of drivers going in the other direction. So you have all of those things working at the same time which is why your eyes hurt when you come home at the end of the night. Well, I, I had That's an, not good. I yeah. had an idea when I was coming back last night as to how it could be preventable. And this might be a billion-dollar idea. It might already be done, but uh, take from it what you, what you will. Uh, you know, they have these, these new mechanisms in cars that if you start wandering over the lane, it corrects you. Or if you get too close to another car, it automatically corrects you. Uh, too bad they didn't have a, a, something like that so that when you come up behind a vehicle, uh, that it doesn't automatically correct your lights and dim them down so that you are not causing a distraction and, and blinding 
a driver doing, you know, 60, 70 miles an hour, that, that car can be, become a death trap. This this falls into the day late and dollar short category. Yeah. Uh, uh, in Europe, uh, some of the high-end cars like Mercedes and Audi have a headlight system very much like that. There's no real high and low beam. It's just a series of lights, and depending on where the light reflection is, it'll shut off portions of the light. So even if, if you're driving down a dark road, it'll illuminate the entire road. Somebody comes in the opposite direction, it'll shut off the lights on the left side of the road. Somebody's walking with a flashlight even, it'll shut off a p- little portion of the light. And if you pull up behind someone and the light reflects back to the car, it'll, it'll dim the lights back down so you're not blinding cars in front of you. The problem is those lights right now are not legal for the United States because in the United States we require cars to have high and low beams. And these mm-hmm. lights don't necessarily have high and low beams. They're just on all the time till they don't need to be. They're, they're, I've... I've seen a car with them. They're fantastic. I'm sure they're ridiculously expensive, like everything is when it's new. But yeah. uh, that type of headlight, the idea, like you said, where if you you pull up behind someone, it looks at the amount of light coming back to the car and what it's doing, and it will dim the lights accordingly. I think there's something like 31 bulbs on each side of the car, and wow. it dims portions of those bulbs so they can so they can do it. So it's wow. pretty amazing. And, and I never would have imagined that. How can we legalize that? Yeah, call, call a congressman, everybody. Uh, we're, actually, AAA is, AAA is working nationally to try to get advanced headlight systems uh, uh, legalized in the United States. But uh, we tried last year, uh, and there didn't seem to be any real um, interest in it. But uh, new administration, new, new rules. So we'll see what happens new opportunity as well. For people listening to our conversation, if they have questions about their cars, maybe uh, trying to put together a plan for summer travel, best way to reach you and the folks at AAA. Easiest way to reach us always is AAA.com. If people want to reach me specifically, AAA.com slash car doctor. There's a little section there where you can leave leave a message, leave a question. If if it's a message about something, you know, membership or something, I'll forward it to the membership department. If it's a car question, I answer every single question I get. Uh, so uh, send the questions along. Always happy. There's no, there's no silly or stupid questions. I answer every one. John Paul, the car doctor, as always, thanks so much. Safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, okay. Have a good day. Care. We've got a couple of minutes to go, so let's get our winner now. Oh, we are winner.